Uh, one of the things that Jennifer could have said about me, and that is very true, anybody that knows me, is I'm super loud, and I really don't need this. I don't need this thing to talk, um, but they made me wear it anyway. So, um, so I just want to say, first of all, I am so excited that you guys are here because, listen, it's a Thursday night. And if you're anything like me on a Thursday night, you just need a nap, right? You've been working all week. You're taking care of kids, whatever. And by Thursday night, you're like, I just need a nap. And so I'm excited that you guys came, and I just want to thank Jennifer and Kaylee and Ashley and the guys for um, leading us into the presence of the Lord. What a great way um, to start the night. What a great way to start the night. So, And that last song always makes me cry. So um, I love that song. I just want you guys to know that I have been praying for you um, ever since Jennifer asked me to speak, and I'm humbled and honored to be here, truly. Um, I've been praying for you guys. And praying for myself, because here's the thing with me, no matter what God has ever asked me to teach, he needs me to learn it. That's just the way my relationship is with the Lord. When I was a children's pastor and I would ask the Lord, like, what do you need the kids to hear? And he would give me this word and I would write curriculum and I would teach the kids. And the whole time, guess who was learning? Me. And so when I asked the Lord, like, what are the ladies um, that are going to be coming to this night in April? What do they need to hear? And when he gave me, all he gave me was a title. And I'll be honest, guys, I kept going back to him going, are you sure? Are you sure? Because that does not sound like a very inviting title to a talk. Can we put that title up there? Living Entitled. And I was like, well, that doesn't sound like very much fun to talk about. Because when we hear the word entitled, it's automatically negative, right? It's automatically negative. We think, I mean, you know, I, like like Jennifer said, I have two grown boys, and I can't tell you how many times over the years I'm like, why do you think you're entitled to that? We've said that, right? Or we say it about other people. Or we, so we, this word entitled, like, I mean, literally, y'all, I sat on the, this title. That's all the Lord gave me at first was this title, and I sat on it. I mean, it was probably almost a month going, really? Are you, really? This is what? And the thing was, the Lord finally showed me was the thing, the very thing that I was having trouble with, the title, was what he wanted to talk to us about, was titles. And I started thinking about, like, I don't know you guys, but when I want to read a new book, lots of times, lots of times I go and I'm like, oh, I love this author. I'm going to read their new book. Bob Goff has a new book out, by the way. It's a commercial for him. I got that already. Um, but lots of times, I look at the title, and I'm like, oh, that looks really intriguing, right? And um, when my kids were little, and I taught, or when I taught school, and I'm actually teaching school right now for a little bit, um, I always tell kids, look at the title of the book. Like, is it intriguing to you? Look at the cover. Look at the title. Is that intriguing? And then turn it over and read that little synopsis and read that little description, and does it draw you in? Do you want to know more? Well, in our culture today... What we do is we title ourselves. We have, you know, Instagram and we have um, Twitter and all of these things, and we give ourselves a title. We even have, we even put signatures on our emails, right? They give us a title. And it's something that we want people, when they read it, they're like, ooh, she sounds really important. I think I want to read what she has to say, right? We, we do these titles because we want to... Draw people in. And I think it's just part of our culture that that's what we do. But I was thinking about the email because right now, guys, um, I have four separate emails 
I am working three jobs, and I have a personal. So I have four separate email accounts, all of them with a different signature. And I started looking at those, and I'm like, what am I saying? Now, some of those, because the company I work for, this is what I have to put, right? But even my personal email has a signature with a title. Like, I have to prove myself so that my friends will read my email, right? And so I've been thinking about that, and that's what the Lord's been turning over in my heart. But I want to show you guys some of the email signatures I found where people are trying to draw you in. Some of these are kind of funny. This one was... Lover and follower of Christ, Cardinals fan, with an exclamation point. If I'm not the greatest, then I'm headed for it. That is someone's email signature. Okay, y'all, these are real. I didn't make these up, I promise you. Okay, let's look at the next one. Film composer, born in Prague, raised in London, living in L.A., geographically confused. Right? This was a guy. This was his. And I was like, okay, here's another one. Connector of awesomeness, geek. Bibliophile and cryptozoologist. Now, first of all, anybody in here know what a cryptozoologist is? I didn't either. It's a person who studies Bigfoot. Right? I want to see a picture of him. All right. This one. Pessimism enthusiast. Done with life since 1975. Right? Does that make you want to know this person? Yeah. All right. I love this one. Harvard University graduate, College of Interpretive Dancing, and fifth place winner, elementary spelling bee. <laughs> true. This is a true one. Was that my last one, Kim? Yeah. Oh, life is hard. Here we go. Perfecting your email signature is harder, right? Because we want to know who we are. And so I think the question is, who am I? When people are making up these things, you know, and this was the thing, when I was researching, you would not believe there are blogs about how to make your email signature. Because people are so concerned that it say the right thing, that it's in the right message about who they are. And so that question, who am I, has been the question I've been asking. And the Lord led me, and I know you guys know this story, um, to when Jesus actually asked that question. And so I want us to look tonight for just a few minutes at why Jesus asked the question and why we don't ask the question in reverse. So here it is. This is in Luke 9. Once when Jesus was praying in private and his disciples were with him, he asked them, Who do the crowd say I am? They replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others that one of the prophets of long ago has come back to life. But what about you, he asked, who do you say I am? Peter answered, the Christ of God. Jesus strictly warned them not to tell this to anyone, and he said, The Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, chief priests, and teachers of the law, and he must be killed and on the third day be raised to life. Then he said to them all, If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for me will save it. What good is it 
for a man to gain the whole world and yet lose or forfeit his very self. If anyone is ashamed of me and my words, the Son of Man will be ashamed of him when he comes in his glory and in the glory of the Father and of the holy angels. I tell you the truth. Some who are standing here will not taste death before they see the kingdom of God. Now, there's so much richness, obviously, in God's word and um, anytime Jesus speaks. But I think the thing that really that God was pointing me to was when Jesus asked that question, who are the people? Who are all those people? Who are they saying I am? And then who do you say I am? And then when they answer correctly, he says, you can't tell anybody. And that's always intrigued me. It's always intrigued me when Jesus would heal someone, then he would say, now don't go tell anybody I did it. And that's one of those things I'm like, in bet- when I get to heaven one day, in between worship and eating at the banquet table, I'm going to ask some questions. And I really want to know. Because I think we can we get some hints and we can, we can kind of try to figure it out. But I, that's one of those things I want to ask Jesus, did we get it right? Did we kind of figure out why you didn't want people to know right away who you were? But that, that thing that he, that where he doesn't tell people, where he doesn't want people to know, it's called the messianic secret. That's the, the smart term for it, the messianic secret. And so I started really asking the Lord, like, why do you explicitly hide or conceal your messianic character? Now, he wasn't trying to, he wasn't, it wasn't an attempt so that people wouldn't know him. He obviously wanted people to know him because through him, they would know the Father. So that wasn't it. So here's some possible reasons as I prayed through this that I thought maybe we could chew on tonight. One is, is that obviously the time had not come for people to know. He knew once he was fully known, he would be crucified. He knew that. He knew that once his full identity here on earth was known, he was going to be led to the the cross. He knew that. Maybe it was to prevent title confusion. Because, you see, people had heard about the Messiah for years, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years. But in their mind, this Messiah was going to come like a military conqueror, riding riding on a white horse. And maybe God in his infinite wisdom, Jesus in his infinite wisdom thought, you know what? If I use that title, Messiah, they're going to be confused. Because that title is not what they think it is. Another possible reason, maybe he was waiting for the right understanding. Because even his closest disciples at this point don't fully understand who he is. They say who he is, but then he goes on to talk about what's going to happen to him, and they don't get it yet. They don't get it. They're not connecting the dot that who he is as our Messiah, this Savior, is directly connected to his crucifixion, his death, and his resurrection. He cannot live separately. His, his, who he is, his title, cannot be separated from his purpose. But the disciples don't know that yet. So maybe he's holding it back. Maybe, maybe he's holding it back. So what does that mean for us? 
So Jesus asked the question, who do you say I am? But do we ask it in reverse? God, who do you say I am? Who do you say I am? And that was this title that God gave me, Living Entitled. Now, here's what I want to show you. We're going to have a little English lesson for a second. Okay? This is the entitled that we know, the adjective, right? This is what we think of when we think of entitled. Believing oneself to be inherently deserving of privileges and special treatment. That's when we say to our kids, you are not entitled. Quit acting entitled. Or we see someone, or we think that about ourselves. Why am I acting like that? I'm not entitled. That's what we're thinking of. But here it is. It's actually also a verb. And it is to give someone a right to receive or do something, give something, and it says specifically a work of art, a particular title. Give someone a specified title expressing their rank or character. And this is what God wanted us to hear, is that he has entitled us to certain titles. And that the titles of the world don't mean anything until we understand the titles he's given us. So let's go back to my guesses, my things that I think maybe Jesus was doing when he hid who he really was. Okay? So let's think about this. If he, if he held it back because he couldn't be fully known yet, because he knew that if he was, he was going to be led to the cross. So what if we, what would it mean for us to be fully known and to believe it? To believe it. What would have to die in us? What title have we carried? What lie have we believed? What would have to die in us? To be fully known and to believe we are fully known. About a year ago, this past fall, um, I got so tired. I had never been that tired in my life. And guys, like I told you, I was working three jobs. Like, I've done kind of that my whole life. That's just kind of who I am. I'm like, yeah, I'll do that too. Sure, why not? And there was a time about, it was a year ago, last fall, that I was so tired that I really thought there was probably something physically wrong with me. I thought something's bad wrong. Because I was physically tired, emotionally tired, spiritually tired, a kind of tired that all I wanted to do was crawl in the bed. I was scared. I'm either clinically depressed or there is something physically wrong with me that's bad, really bad. And... After a lot of trying to figure things out, I went to a counselor. And the whole thing was that Lord was trying to help me dig some stuff out, some yucky stuff, some stuff that I had believed for years. I was not believing that I was fully known by my Father in heaven, fully known. I didn't, I knew it in my head. I taught it to kids. I taught it to my friends. I taught it to everybody but myself. I didn't believe it. The title, one of the titles I carried was lesser than. I was second place in everything. Everything I had ever done, 
I was going to be second place, and that was never going to change. And I was sitting in a counselor's office, and she prayed for me, and I started to sob. You know how you have one of those sobs you think you're never going to stop? It was that. And God said one word, daughter. That was it. And I realized in that moment, I had never believed that he saw me as his daughter. Ever. My whole life. And I'm 52. And in that moment, and from then, and didn't now, did things change right away? No, I am still every day saying, Lord, remind me. My number one title is your daughter. That is, when I walk out of my house today, I'm your daughter first. I'm that before I'm a mom. I'm that before I'm a teacher. I'm that before I'm a pastor. I'm that before I'm a friend. I'm that before I'm anything. I'm your daughter. But things had to die in me for me to be fully known and for me to believe it. Maybe there's wounds that we all need to say, Lord, let that die. I want that to die so I can be fully known by you. For Jesus, maybe he thought it was the title confusion. If people heard Messiah and they didn't see the Messiah they thought they were going to see, then they're just confused. So for us, I think it's confusing when we, have to, when we start living under the title that God gives us versus the title we've carried our whole lives. Because we don't know how to do this. We know how to do this. I knew how to be second place. I knew that. I knew how to do that. I knew how to, you know... I I knew that stuff. I'd done it my whole life since I was a little kid. I didn't know how to do daughter. I don't know how to do that. I was confused. Like, what does that look, what does that even mean? Like, what does that mean, Lord? Like, you know, it's that, yes, I'm going to sit on my father's lap and he's going to hold me. But when I had to stop and think, what does that look like in my everyday life? That was really confusing. And so I think instead of, kind of stepping into that, we just go, you know what? I just keep doing the thing I'm doing. It doesn't feel real good, and sometimes it's hard, but I'd rather do that because at least I know how to do it. And I don't have time. Hey, as women, sometimes we're like, I don't have time to do anything new, right? So, Lord, don't give me anything new. And so we have title confusion. We don't know what to do with the new title. Maybe it's a right understanding. His death and resurrection directly related to his title as Messiah. You can't separate the two. Messiah means he came to seek and save those who were lost. That was what his purpose was. So God entitles us, us, if he gives us the title he wants us to carry, if he gives us the title of his daughter, or his beloved, or whatever that is for you. There's purpose that goes with that title. You cannot separate the two. And so sometimes the hard part of stepping into the title God's given us is like, it means i got to do something with that. Right? It means he's calling me to something. When he told me I was his daughter... 
a little over a year ago, had no idea I was going to stand up here and tell somebody that. But somebody in this room needs to hear it. He told me that because there was a purpose in it. The title he gives us is directly connected to the purpose he has for us. And we can step into that. So, to be fully known, to clear up the confusion, no title confusion, and to come into a right understanding that we are who God says we are, then we have to be entitled. And we have to take on the titles that he's given you. And these are some of the ones he's given us, ladies. Child, daughter, a friend, justified and redeemed, free, free, heir, heiress, temple for the Holy Spirit, a new creation, valuable, chosen, holy, blameless, redeemed, forgiven, his workmanship, citizen of heaven, and one of my favorites, chosen by God. Jesus hid his identity until people, he hid that title until people could understand who he really is, who he really was. But he does not call us to hide it, you guys. He wants to tell us who we are, what our titles are. And I'm not saying you go home tonight and you take your email signature away. But I do want, like, but we don't want to live for those titles. We want to live entitled. Can you put that Live in the title. Live in the title of daughter or beloved child of God, chosen, whatever that one is that sits in your heart tonight, and you're like, Lord, that's the title I need to hear. I want to be fully known. Ashley and um, Kaylee are going to come back, and they're going to lead us in worship. And we've got, um, I think, some ministry teams that can come on forward. So, ladies, I encourage you, if you need to be prayed for, if there's something that you're like, Lord... There is this title, and I know it needs to die. It needs to die tonight. It is long enough. It's been long enough that I have carried that title. And that is not the title you want me to carry. Because you've entitled me. You've given me the title as your child. Tell him. If it's a... If it's a if it's, you're like, I, if I take on that title, Lord, it means it's going to make me really uncomfortable because I don't know how to do that. I don't know how to do it. Because he's not going to call you to do something, but he's not going to show you how to do it. doesn't mean it's going to be easy. But he's not going to leave you while you do it. If it's a title that's connected to purpose and you're like, Lord, I have this desire in my heart and I have these things in my heart, but I don't really know how that matches up with what, who you're saying I am. 
Ask him to show you. Ask him to show you. So I'm going to pray, and then we're going to go back in to worship. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much that you are a good, good Father. That you love us. That that's who we are. We are loved by you. And so, Lord, I pray tonight for every single one of us in this room, Lord, that you will take this time to speak into us the title that you have entitled us with. You see us as your work of art, and you have named us. So, Lord, speak into us tonight those titles. Help us to know that we don't have to live and we shouldn't live and we don't want to live by the titles of this world, but we want to live in the title that you have given us. We love you, Jesus. Amen. Let's stand and worship.